Transition partners take mental health very seriously. We are now supporting Claro Mental Health Charity, who are local and based in Harrogate. We are working closely with Richard Kenny, who is the IT director at Tech Buyer. Claro operates as a commercial workshop making goods for businesses, which enable those with long-term mental health conditions to function in a voluntary real work environment. We would love it if you can join us in supporting this amazing cause and charity and donate what you can. Any any amount will be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much and thanks to all our listeners. Hi, this is the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greening. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. So this week on the pod, we've got Paul Thomas, who is the Head of Information Technology at LASA Limited in Leeds. So LASA is a non-for-profit organisation and an educational charity that facilitates collaborative data sharing projects and thereby delivering public benefit. Paul is ex-British Forces, where he was selected as a finalist in the British Forces Business Awards 2019 and we are extremely excited to have Paul on the show to talk about all of his story, his background in the forces and how he transitioned into tech and into the leadership position he's in today. Hello Paul. Hi, thank you for thank you for having me and delighted to be here. Hi. Hi Paul. Just uh, I love that uh, use of transitioning that. Did you notice that Paul? <laughs> Very apt. I can't help it. Everything I always say transition this and transition that so it's just inbred in me now, I think. <laughs> Almost migrated. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's great to finally have you on board. We've um, on the show. We've we've talked a few times, haven't we, about getting you on? And um, you've got a great. You've been to a few of our events, and and you've met some of our other guys. And you're always talked about in our office. By the way, everyone thinks you're great. Great background, good presence. Um, so it'd be really good to start with. Um, just find out a little bit more about your journey. Um, obviously, you didn't, um, you know, quite a lot of people actually we've had on this pod have, have, have started from, you know, kind of in some sort of tech role. Your background and you start um, your career into um, into tech um, is a bit different to everyone else's. So it would be really good to understand that a little bit more and how that's impacted, um, you know, in a positive way, your career into tech. Um, so yeah, so let's um, hear more from you then. Sure. Um, so um, I, once I'd left school um, and realised my dreams of becoming a, a professional sportsman were, were shattered, I, I was trialling at what at the moment is a, is a championship side. But, um, oh, wow. and, and I used to play youth cricket for, for Worcestershire County Cricket Club as well. And I know um, shouting those words out in, in West Yorkshire is probably not a, a, a problem. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but when I soon realised that my destiny wasn't becoming uh, a professional sportsman, I, I thought that the, the, the opportunity of further education didn't excite me. So, so mm. I, I ran off to go and join the Royal Navy, um, mm. 
which I did at the at the ripe old age of sixteen, which, wow. which in, yeah, but very much. So. Uh, but in hindsight, it was the best decision ever. Um, uh, I, I served 26 years in the end. Um, Amazing. Been around the world, uh, did some some super exciting stuff, um, and, and, and done some super uh, challenging stuff. Um, Iraq, as, a, as an example, um, in across to the, the Caribbean to, to work with the U.S. Coast Guard to do the counter-narcotics work. Um, wow. so, uh, and across over to the Somali coast to, to do some counter piracy uh, so, and, and, oh and that's my, my background you've got some right interesting stories to tell us can we go for a time later you'll <laughs> 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 have to write some memoirs uh, some sure um, but, but certainly for the last 10 or 15 years of my oh. career it, it, was, it was generally either around um, people management or project and program management, uh, and, and I was fortunate enough to fortunate enough to have been in a position where um, uh, I facilitated a, a program of work, which part of that brought in some leading uh, females from industry to kind of really give the Royal Navy a bit of an education of how we can certainly um, tap into female talent. Um, from STEM backgrounds, so science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Uh, and, and I put on a couple of workshops, uh, and one of those workshops, um, Anna Barsby uh, come along to, uh, and you'll be familiar with Anna. Mm-hmm. Anna she was the CIO of Holford's at the time, uh, but then went on to be the CIO of, uh, of Morrison's, and she's set up her own um, management consultancy now in Tessie. Um, so Anna gave me a call. Uh, uh, when she'd gone to the Morrison's job uh, and asked me if I'd be interested in joining her uh, on the on the IT leadership team up in Morrison's. So it didn't take me long to to flip the coin and said, yeah, that, that sounds like a good opportunity to me. So I resigned from the Navy. Wow. Um, were you planning on, like, were you getting to a stage where you were ready to leave the forces? Oh, no, not at all. Completely. Wow. It, 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 long, you've been with them for a long time. It's quite a big... A, a complete broadside, really. Um but yeah, the, the, Anna's phone call was early July as I was heading up to the the Open Golf Championships at, at Troon. Mm. Um, seven weeks later, on the 26th of September, I'd started in Morrison's as the head of IT programme office. So, so that transition mm-hmm. was, was pretty quick cause, because generally leaving the military, uh, you, after, once you've submitted your resignation, there's a 12-month transition uh, and a 12-month notice period. So for me to have left in seven weeks is pretty quick. And for four and of that's us, scary as well in itself, isn't it? Because I know I've got a friend that was in the Marines for like 10 years and then when he left and came into like the corporate world, it, he was really, really nervous about it. Um, I think that, that learning journey of... Yeah. The ways of working that, and that, don't get me wrong, do you know what, there's, a, there's an awful lot of similarities uh, in how you get people go about their business, but I think there's just a general way of working from a military background to, to certainly a corporate background, which at, at times I found challenging, uh, uh, but again, it just taps into uh, my adaptability um, mm. in kind of, do you know what, 
people think I'm quite quiet at times, but I'm just taking a step back to kind of read the room, understand the environment, uh, and and then perhaps make a decision um, or or come up with some input afterwards. But uh, but yeah, that that transition was was quite tough, and Morrison's was uh, was quite a fast paced ferocious environment as well so um do you know what I look, I look back on it great move great opportunity uh, and, and I'm really glad I, I, I made that decision fantastic um and to, to tell us a little bit more about your journey at Morrison's because I think you had a couple of job changes didn't you at Morrison's yeah sure so so um, when Anna implemented her plan uh, I was the head of the program office uh, and PMO for for two years um, then because there was a, a little bit of restructure in and around we how we supported the business over the Christmas peak trading period, mm. uh, I, I went across to to lead that that piece of work over Christmas, goodness, uh, 20, 2017. And then the opportunity came up for uh, a head of technology for service operations. So I put my name in the hat for that. Um, and I was the head of uh, IT service ops for for twelve or thirteen months um, before moving to, to before moving to Vet Partners the summer of last year. Fantastic, amazing, um, and then so then you went to Vet Partners as head of IT. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, Is that right. Yeah, and um, what what's um, tell us a little bit more about your remit of your role there and. Um, I guess maybe maybe a couple of the challenges and and um, how you overcame some of the challenges that other people might be able to learn from. Sure. So so the the role at Vet Partners uh, small. So the, the the breadth of my responsibility was all back end infrastructure, data center mm. out through to the applications that the that the colleagues were using out in the practices, um, all the other ad hoc bits of IT that the the, the um, and and the, certainly the networking uh, that the practices would consume. Um, the, the the larger ERP program delivery was was run by the head of program, so it was only really the, the small project delivery for on, on my side and IT operational management. Um, really great opportunity uh, over at Vet Partners, a completely different model to 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 Morrison's. Um, they were they're PE backed, um, so again the, there's um, a different way of working of how to 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 tap into um, some much-needed IT um, financial resourcing, but, mm-hmm. but certainly through and the way that the vet partners um, and veterinary practices joined the group, uh, that overcoming that mergers and acquisitions piece, because lots of independent veterinary practices, a lot that they're vets that just do a bit of IT on the side uh, and, mm-hmm. and largely manage their own back office IT within their practice. So goodness me, inheriting the good, the bad and the ugly. Uh, <laughs> really. So there, there were practices uh, in, in some parts of the country that were running MS-DOS software applications uh, and we couldn't change the infrastructure because there, there was just no compatibility. Um, but the, the practice were absolutely dependent on, on that application. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It, it was quite a frightening experience sometimes going into practices and, and opening cupboard doors. And after you've cleared the layers of dust, you see a, a server sat there buzzing away. <laughs> um, 
and, and, and again, lots of uh, companies that, that, that joined our group um, either had local IT support from independent uh, IT mm-hmm. companies dotted around the, the, the country, but certainly consolidating all of, all, all of that IT into, into something that we could manage across uh, across all aspects of the, the life cycle was, uh, was challenging to say the least. Cool, fantastic. And now you're at Larsa. Indeed, yeah. Uh, so four weeks in, are you? Four or five weeks in? Wow. Yeah, five, week five this week. <laughs> and how's that going for you? You said, you said when we briefly caught up earlier that it's, there's a lot to do, but it's, it's, it's a really interesting, challenging role where it sounds like you can make quite a lot of difference. Uh, for sure. Um, one thing that really impressed me in my first week is, is the team that, um, that I, I've joined, not only the senior <laughs> management team, uh, and the passion um, that, that they that they deliver on a day to day basis for the business, but all aspects the the scientists, the software delivery team, and certainly in my area of infrastructure and operations, um, I, I, I'm really thankful that I've got uh, a talented bunch of individuals. That yes, we do need to grow, uh, and mm-hmm. we do in order to be able to support the business uh, on on their journey. Uh, but no, I, I'm really pleased that uh, we've got a talented group of individuals that I'm sure we can shape, add some structure uh, and grow to, to really to support the business as it as it continues to grow. Cool. Fantastic. Brilliant. Um, so let's, um, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your leadership skills. Um, obviously, your leadership skills go back through to your um, um your, your forces days and um, obviously you were what, 10 last 10 15 years or so um while you were there you were you were in a leadership role and then you've you've put that experience and practice into um industry within tech so it'd be great to understand a little bit more about your leadership style and what works for you um, and, and how i guess others could um learn from that if there's any kind of like good tips that you could share yeah, sure. So, uh, as you would expect, um, from a military background, it's very command and control. Uh, the orders come down, everybody knows their orders back to front, inside out. So, should the worst happen, um, the guys and girls can can react in, 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 a, in an appropriate way to, to whatever situation they're down with. So, so coming from that command and control um, environment, to some degree, it's useful. But, but certainly the, the way that I was with my teams, both in the military, and I'd like to think that I've continued a lot of, lot of that. I'm at my worst when I'm being micromanaged. So, and I, and I guess as is everybody else. So yeah. that, that's really at the forefront, that the fact that, do you know what? There's an awful lot of talented people out there. Me presenting a leadership style where it constrains their thinking. Uh, it, it, it doesn't really get them to, to demonstrate their abilities. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work for them. It doesn't work for me. It's never going to work for the business. So certainly that's something I, I've brought from my military background. But actually, it's having that customer focus as well and, uh, and really empowering the team to go off and make decisions. If you're unsure, stick your hand in the air and we'll have a discussion. We'll have a group discussion, but we'll get to the bottom of it. Uh, and certainly from my military days, 
in an opera in an operations room on a warship you've got the commanding officer all the way down to to junior operators those junior operators are, are operating radars they're operating missiles missile systems they're operating sonars in pretty high threat high intensity environments but those junior operators are looking at a radar display exactly the same as the captain but the captain might, because he's looking or she's looking and making decisions at a much higher level, might miss something. So, mm-hmm. so that junior operator could, could spot something that can save the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's giving people the opportunity to unlock that, that golden nugget that is going to solve the problem. And whereas the Navy was very hierarchical and very structured, actually creating a flatter organization that everybody has a say, everybody has a part to play, everybody understands and is part of creating that vision and, and, and our roadmap and our journey. That level of empowerment is so valuable in this environment of software delivery, because all of a sudden there's a level of, uh, and the experts will call it psychological safety, but there's a, there's a, that, that safe environment where people aren't afraid to fail but we create the environment where failing actually doesn't doesn't really matter as long as we're protecting and in this case a production environment where Mm -hmm. business critical systems are reliant and dependent actually create an environment where people can fail people can go and test their thinking uh, and go and use their imagination so they can innovate and, and do some amazing things and then we have there's some decision making and we test stuff, and then we, we take an educated um, and informed view of whether that, that piece of software in this instance can go into, to, can go into a, a production environment. And again, lots of those synergies are from a, from a military background. You have junior sailors making some really important decisions, and they should be empowered to make those important decisions because lives are on the line in their environment. But obviously in this environment, we've got some really talented, clever people doing some software delivery or some, some cloud engineering that, yeah, go, go off and show us your talent. If you've got a question, get your hand in the air or let's have a, let's have a zoom call to, to have that discussion. Um, love that. I love, I love that giving the um, team the autonomy and the empowerment to then go off and do the great things that they're capable of. And um, I'd love to know any more, I guess, any tips that you've got around motivating teams. It's a common, um, a common question that we get asked in the podcast, and I think particularly over the past six, nine months that we've had, it's um, six months, really, I'm making it nine months, mm-hmm. it? six months, what we've had it, um, with COVID, motivating teams is extremely important, bringing people together. So any top tips that you've got, that would be amazing, Paul. I, I think I, I like how I engage with people. So, mm-hmm. so certainly as we stepped into lockdown um, over at Vet Partners, we the, the guys it, when we were in the office it was a it was a fairly small office if I, if I had a, if I had a question I'd just spin around in my chair ask the question guys have solved the problem let's get on <laughs> so, so all of a sudden you're creating a meeting uh, and all the guys all of a sudden are, are looking over their shoulder saying, well, we're having another meeting well well no let, let's not call it a meeting it's a it's a two minute zoom chat that's all it is and if I've got four or five of you on that zoom chat it's only exactly the same as me spinning around in my chair when we were in the office yeah. so it's given the it's given the team the confidence 
and it goes and I think it goes back to creating that safe environment that we're all, and the analogy that I do like to use is if you're on a warship and a torpedo goes through, goes through the side of the ship, generally the ship's going down and everybody on that ship is going down with it. So, and it's exactly the same as in, in, in this. We develop software, we provision infrastructure and, and we support the business. Um, but if something goes wrong and we, we fail at something, that means we've all failed. But mm. do you know what? Nobody's going to get hung out to dry. We're going to learn from it and not make those same mistakes again. Mm-hmm. And we move on and we continually improve. So getting that point across that we, we succeed together and we fail together, for, for me, is super important. And, and I'm probably jumping ahead of me. So I, I, do, I do a lot of coaching uh, of youth football and cricket. Okay. And so they're, they're both under 13s groups. Uh, that, that I've got at the moment uh, and it's instilling that ethos in, in into those teams as well because actually I'm not really that and I, and I tell the boys I'm not really that bothered about the score line but as long as you have tried to apply yourself as long as you have tried to to do what we've discussed when we've been on a training field or, or in a nets practice do you know what the score doesn't matter go out one enjoy yourself which is primarily what you're there to do but try and just do your best. Yeah. Um, if we've come off and, and got thumped 10-0, let's go and learn from that. Uh, let's not make the same mistakes again the following match. And again, we do transition the same thought processes into a working environment as well. Mm. That's fantastic. So you, that's what you get up to in your spare time then? No, that, that's, that, that's a spare time. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, which, which kind of eats up then every every bit of time. Yeah, I'd love to know, explore that a little bit further, I guess, than like what you're passionate about. But also, I'd love for you to give us any tips for anyone that's like contemplating leaving the forces. Like it must be, it's really tough, isn't it? Leaving and looking sure. at opportunities. It's notoriously a lot of businesses. There's some great companies actually in Yorkshire that try and do their piece to help ex-forces get back into, into the corporate world. But any tips that you've got around that or any words of advice would be really fantastic because I know it's definitely something people struggle with. Um, I, I think, and, and certainly I, I struggled with it, I think people yeah. need to be, to be fair on themselves um, because there's a level of expectation that you're... you're I joined the Navy at 16, so I was completely indoctrinated into yeah. those working. So I think for lots of service leavers, it's just being fair on yourself. Don't expect too much of yourself because the culture you're coming from and the culture you're going to is completely different. The ways of working are different, probably not vastly different, but there's certainly a lot of subtleties. And you've got career-long people that have been in the, in the tech industry so it's just yes, you're adaptable because that's what you've those skills that you've picked up along the way in in the military. But but certainly, yeah, just be just be fair on on yourself and take your time. And uh, the, the 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 mindfulness sessions that that you guys have been facilitating over the course of lockdown, actually, that that's really important. And, and certainly for for somebody from a military background, it often gets overlooked. That, do you know what? There are 24 hours in the day. It doesn't have to be filled with activity. You, you, you've you've got to take a break um, and give yourself a break as well. Because 
I think the worst level of criticism, certainly for me, is me being overly critical of myself and giving myself a hard time because you demand such high standards of yourself. And that's fine, but Rome wasn't ever built in a day. So, so it, it's kind of just being a little bit mindful in order to kind of take that pace back every, every now and again to, to yeah. give yourself a chance. I can imagine that being one of the probably toughest challenges to make that transition is, is getting out of that mindset um, sure. and, um, and, and, and ensuring that it, it, it then isn't passed on to your team. And um, I can imagine that's quite a tough, difficult challenge. Um, so you mentioned earlier about the coaching. Um, I think it'd be quite interesting to find out a bit more about like what coaching or training that you've or any courses um, that you personally have been on for yourself um, to make you a good leader, a successful leader? Is there anything that you would recommend to others that would be interested in following your footsteps that's helped you along the way? So throughout the military, as you progress through the different ranks in, in the military, um, you have leadership and development courses for, for each rank that you progress up. Um, and I was fortunate enough when I was a, a warrant officer one uh, to go on the intermediate command and staff course that's that's run at the Defence Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 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 that really does give you the tools to 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 um, to be able to to lead and manage small teams, big teams. Um, but I, but I think I, I'm, I'm you you wouldn't necessarily know it, and people probably wouldn't describe me as it. But I am a I am a bit of a geek in terms of I like to read a lot. Um, so, so getting into, um, I'm not a fan of nonfiction. So, so, so mm-hmm. getting into books where you you can read about people's lives, people's experiences, the, the realities of, of people themselves. For for, for me, and and, in, and it goes back to what are the top tips? It's taking the time for people uh, and, and listening. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the, the one of the guys that I was fortunate that used to mentor me when I was in the navy. Um, don't try and change the world overnight. Um, take your time to to learn and understand. And certainly, he took that from his experience in Sierra Leone. Um, and I try and I try to to take that from my experience in Iraq. We, we were never going to 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 change the Iraqi military in the way that the British Navy go about their business but you know what there's an awful lot of stuff that they can do uh, and they can do very very well uh, and again it's listening to the, listening to people that understanding what makes them tick and then we can mm. progress um, there on uh, and again I take that from the coaching of the, 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 the youngsters for football and cricket as well the, the, these boys and girls watch the Premier League football week in, week out. They watch test match cricket. They're in Leeds. They're fortunate to, to go and watch live first-class cricket and, and international cricket at Headingley. That They see the professionals um, and, and get up and close uh, and personal. But, yeah, that, that constant improvement, that constant drive and, and, and listening to what these young people have to say, um, it, 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 for me, is super important because you just kind of adapt to what they say and... Do you know what? All of a sudden, there's a great learning point for them to, to go off. Mm, fantastic, brilliant. Um, what would you? Um, you touched on taking our taking time in tech 
um, events earlier. Um, I think I think you've been to all of them, haven't you, so far? Um, what um, one of one of the things I wanted to ask you was like how you um, manage your um, stress of, of leadership because it lead leadership. You know, when you're at the top, it can be a lonely, stressful place. How do you manage the stress of it all, and how do you keep yourself sane and, and healthy? Um, to some degree, I didn't manage it particularly well when I, when I when I first left the military. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and being in the military, you get very good at compartmentalizing yeah. stuff that you've either experienced or come across. So it yeah. just gets shoved at the back, locked in a box, and the keys thrown away, and you move on to the next. You know, onto the next thing. But again, I think it, it goes back to taking time for yourself. Um, so mm-hmm. understanding the situation that you're in, whether it's a, a, a problem that the team needs to solve collectively, a problem that an individual needs to solve, or just extending a, a, a little bit of empathy that somebody's personal circumstances may well have changed and they, and they may need um, either... Um, an arm put around them and, and to, to talk to them yeah. or just a little bit of space to go and work it out for themselves. But, but for me, um, uh, we, we went and bought a dog just before lockdown. <laughs> Good timing. It, it was brilliant timing. And we managed to get the injections in before all the, all, all oh, the vet shut down as well. But, but actually that, that forced me into, in, into some time where I go and walk the dog for for an hour in the morning and just think about not an awful lot. Um, And then exactly the same in the evening. So there was almost some enforced well-being time to kind of, kind of have that break. But do you know what, something that really does keep me sane is, is coaching the youngsters. I I, I love it. Um, Watching them thrive. Uh, And whilst I've I've only been up in in Yorkshire since 2016, the the team that I've, I've got now, over the course of the last three years, have made some super progress um, on the football pitch, and some of the boys that coach at cricket that they're doing they're doing really well uh, with with North Yorkshire, and hopefully, oh, think some, some of them will get picked up onto the Yorkshire pathway. So it's really lovely to see those youngsters thriving and enjoying their mm-hmm. sport. So, so again, keeping that for me, I've been a sportsman since I was a, I was a youngster. So, so watching other people do really well. Mm. Um, you have to keep your hand in it still, I guess, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I, I was never going to make it professionally, so... Well, <laughs> if I, Sounds if like I, you're pretty tough. Yeah. If Sounds I could like facilitate somebody else doing it, then that's cool. <laughs> but it's so tough, isn't it, for people like young kids when they put their heart and soul into sport and then they don't quite get there and there's so many kids that end up getting lost and, and finding it really tough and... Yeah, I think the military, it sounded like it was the right opportunity at the right time for you. But I definitely get the piece around like managing the stress because I imagine once you've been, like you say, you served some big tours there, like you did some amazing things for our country. But like when you come away from it and then you've got a job and you're kind of managing the stress of what's going on at St. Morrison's, but then you must be kind of in your head like this isn't like nothing like what my old colleagues are up to. And like managing that stress, you that must have quite a big impact. Sure, uh, and, and I, I used to discuss this with, with my peer group over at Morrison's, the fact that, well, lives aren't necessarily on the line mm-hmm. in, in what we're doing here, but we, do, we are accountable to the shareholders and we are accountable to the, the executive committee. So 
whilst lives aren't necessarily on the line, our our salaries are on the line because the company needs to perform. We need, we need to make a profit. We need investors coming into the business to make continue to make it profitable. And that, that innovation needs to continue in order for the company to be able to survive in a very, very competitive market. So yeah, uh, I think, yeah, whilst there's no lives on the line, the, the, there's still purpose there. Uh, and, and it's getting that team to invest in that purpose. Definitely. Um, so I'd love to end the podcast. I mean, you just started your new role, so you've got loads of exciting stuff going on. But I'd love to find out, like, what are you most excited over, about over the next six to 12 months? Positive things that you've got going on? Any big conferences or anything? Well, we're not attending as much, but any <laughs> virtual things that you've got to look forward to would be amazing. Uh, I, I think certainly certainly for the, the team I've recently joined, um, mm-hmm. the model that we currently adopt um, lots of the applications that the, that the team um, deliver are hosted either on our infrastructure or they're, they're bundled up um, and hosted on members' infrastructure or, or, or desktops. So we're transitioning into into more of a SaaS model. So the members will um, will consume software as a service. So uh, we're, we're just on that journey now of AWS, um, Azure cloud environments to, to really so that cloud journey we're, we're certainly in the embryonic stages of that but mm. um, growing a team to be able to, to deliver that 24 7 365 days of the year we've got global organizations big global organizations as part of our members community that consume mm. these services so uh, we, we're, we're almost in a transition from business hours Monday to Friday to 24, seven, three, six, five. Wow. So, 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 so that, that, that journey is really exciting. And, and then you, you've got the back office piece of uh, part of the technology department um, facilitating our internal customers, all of our colleagues that, that, that consume it. Um, so, and again, it's, there's not an awful lot of, tweaking to do but there is some tweaking to do to make sure that uh, the IT department are structured uh, to succeed uh, and to support the business as as we continue to grow but yeah it's a it's a super exciting time there's some great technology that uh, that's being adopted Um, and again pharmaceutical software uh, it wouldn't be more topical in and around uh, the environment that we're in with COVID at the moment so So the real sense of purpose of what the software developers, the IT support, finance support, HR, every element of the business is enabling big pharmaceutical companies to to simplify what they do, speed up what they do, so we can get to what they can get their their drugs to market a lot quicker. Yeah, so So, important and crucial. For sure, for sure. Um, so they're going to keep you busy for the next 12 months and at least <laughs> so, uh, at least yeah so no, it's a really exciting opportunity uh, and I'm, I'm so glad so so glad I, um, I, I'm part of that amazing so it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today and hearing your story Paul if anyone wants to reach out and get in touch to find out more about how you made that transition your background to where you are today, is it link? Is LinkedIn the best form of contact? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Feel free to, to to drop me a line. Um, more than willing to 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 reach out to any service leavers that 
uh, they want some support, some some help, and some guidance. Uh, and, and in fact, in my in my first week, uh, they they rather a, a, a company briefing. There was a a, a, t, a big company briefing call, uh, and I got on there a couple of minutes late, uh, but just in time for my slot. And I hadn't realised there was 150 or so colleagues on wow. the Zoom call at the time. Um, so I, I gave them a brief pricey of my background, uh, and one of the guys reached out to me um, fairly immediately because his son uh, was was um, going off to do his first stage of interviews to, to go and join the Navy. So, um, yeah, that was, a, that was a couple of weeks ago, but I, no problem. I, I had an hour and a half on a Zoom call with him and his son, uh, and, and, and thankfully he, he was successful in that first stage, so he's off to do his medicals and his fitness assessments before... Um, he has his joining date for, to, to go down to Cornwall. So, yeah, any, any ex, ex-military guys or girls want to reach out, yeah, just give me a, a nudge on LinkedIn. I'll be more than happy to, yeah. um, to share sure some of my experiences. Uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for being yeah, on the show. Thank you. Thank you nice to have you on the show. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Cheerio.